of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May we sit. <clears throat> Color redeemed, as mentioned in previous weeks, the word epiphany means to shine upon. And the propers throughout the season shines light upon this truth. That Jesus is, in fact, true God in human flesh and blood. We heard it last week with Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River. We'll hear it next week as we hear of Jesus' transfiguration on the mountain. And the gospel for this day reveals it to us as well. Specifically by Jesus turning water into wine at the wedding of Cana, he first manifests his glory. And the fact that Jesus performs his first miracle at a wedding shouldn't really come as a surprise to us. As true God in human flesh and blood, Jesus was at the first wedding in the Garden of Eden. He saw that it wasn't good for man to be alone, and so he provides for man a perfect complement, a woman. And he told the man and the woman to be fruitful and multiply. And as God was at the first wedding in the garden, God in human flesh and blood in the person of Jesus delights to attend the wedding at Cana. And by attending this wedding, we see that Jesus is affirming that God's good and gracious institution of marriage, well, is good. He blesses this marriage by his presence, just as Jesus is present at all Christian weddings today. And he blesses marriages, Christian marriages today. And so the union of this man and the woman is reason to celebrate. And yet, where our wedding celebrations last one or maybe two days, Jewish marriage celebrations in biblical times lasted roughly a week. And as you could imagine, this would have uh, uh, required an abundant amount of food and drink, especially that of wine. Now when we talk of wine, Scripture reveals that the abuse of it, specifically in drunkenness, is a sin. And yet Scripture reveals that wine itself is a sign of physical and spiritual joys. It's a sign of physical hope, of abundance, of God's love and blessing. And you heard about it in the Old Testament for this day, as you heard the prophet Amos speak of the end times in this way, that the mountains shall drip sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it. Just a beautiful picture. So in wine, God provides a good gift. And you could imagine that running out of wine at a wedding celebration would be an issue. And not just any issue, it would be a serious social embarrassment for the family. Unfortunately, that's what happens at this wedding in Cana. And as they run out of wine, we see that Mary goes to Jesus to see if Jesus could help. And she knew that he could do something about it. 
It had been revealed to her that her son is the son of God. It was told to her by the angel. And as true God in human flesh and blood, Jesus had the authority and the power to do something about them running out of wine. And yet, as it is even with us, God's timing is perfect. To her request, Jesus responds, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Jesus' response here is distancing. And yet, in the face of these words, Mary trusts that Jesus would do the right thing at the right time. Time. She tells the servants, do whatever he tells you. And this is an incredible word. Here we can see that here faith is speaking. Do whatever he tells you. In this instance, Mary is showing herself to be a model of faith. And would that we had the same faith of Mary to say about Jesus. Do whatever he tells you. And after this, it's here where Jesus says to the servants, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water now become wine and did not know where it had come from, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when the people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. In this instance, we see that Jesus provides an abundance of wine. Now, if you do the math, this comes out to roughly 600 to 900 bottles of wine. This is a crazy amount of wine. And in this instance, we see that Jesus just doesn't provide good wine. He provides perfect wine. And by doing this, we see that Jesus is clearly God in human flesh and blood. He has the power from heaven. You could say that Jesus is certainly a prophet sent by God, but we know that he's more than that. He is, in fact... True God and human flesh and blood. In the first chapter of St. John's Gospel, the same text that we heard on Christmas Day, we see that Jesus is the eternal Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity. John goes on to say that He was in the beginning, and through Him, along with the Father and the Holy Spirit, all things were made. So Jesus has the power of creation at his command. And he demonstrates this at Cana by turning water into wine. And yet there's more to this narrative than just Jesus turning water into wine. Remember that St. John writes that Jesus uses six stone water jars for the rite that were used for the Jewish rite of purification. Now the Jews use this water for various washings, to render themselves ritually clean, to get rid of certain types of uncleanliness. 
And unfortunately, oftentimes, they went beyond what God had commanded his people. Yet it's these vessels that Jesus is emptying and filling full. And yet he's not just filling them full of water again. He's replacing them with a completely different content. Replacing them with wine. And in this, we see that those old Jewish rites of purification are passing away. They point ahead to a new and the only way of purification which Jesus himself provides. Jesus fulfills what the old covenant pointed ahead towards. Fellow redeemed, this is your purification. In what Jesus provides. It's in what he is giving. That is his own body given unto death for you. Jesus sheds his blood on the cross for the forgiveness of all of your sins. This is how you're made clean. You're purified of all of your sins. This is how you're forgiven through Jesus giving himself for you. Even early in his ministry, Jesus is pointing us to this. The hour that Jesus speaks of to Mary is the hour of his death on the cross to accomplish our cleansing, our purification for sin. Later in this gospel, Jesus will say, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I have come to this hour. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He goes on to add this. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. In other words, Jesus is about to be lifted up on the cross. And this is why he comes. This is how he will be glorified. This is his hour. It wasn't at Cana. It will be on the cross. Cana is a sign pointing us to the cross. Where Jesus will provide for all the purification. All the forgiveness that the world will ever need. Through the shedding of his blood. And we need this purification, this forgiveness that only Jesus can provide. Our sins condemn us. We can't wash them away by ourselves. Pharisees and other people throughout the centuries have tried to do this through their own merit or strength, but it doesn't work. The only cleansing that does work is the purification that comes through the blood of Jesus. St. John writes in his epistle, the blood of Jesus, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So confess your sins to God. Live a life of daily repentance. For God, who is faithful and just for Christ's sake, does forgive you all of your sins. He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. 
And do you know what comes as a result of this cleansing, this purification, this forgiveness that only Jesus can provide? The result is life. Eternal life in heaven with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's no wonder that Jesus chose to perform his first miracle, his first sign at a wedding. Think of what goes on at a wedding. The joy over the union of a man and a woman. The joy of the possibility of new life. The abundance of food and drink. It's the perfect setting for demonstrating the life and the joy that Jesus brings to us through his death and his resurrection. Recall again what St. John mentions. On the third day there was a wedding at Cana. Immediately our mind is drawn to the third day when Jesus would rise from the dead. There the celebration of life begins. And that celebration, life continues to this day. It will never end. Death can't stop. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, life is the outcome. And he gives this life in abundance. He gives it to us in this place through His Word, through His sacraments. So rejoice. Come and receive His forgiveness and life. You don't have to wait for it. Jesus earned it for you through His death and resurrection and He gives it to you free of charge. Jesus saves the best for you. And it's more than you can measure. God be praised. Amen. For the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.